Let us say hello to Energized Cho, who I Oh, uh, the lads. You know these guys? Oh my god, do I know these lads. They have a great podcast. They come from Ireland. They speak to all the upcoming prospects in Irish MMA. Oh. These lads are right. the shit. I love them. Okay, right. let's see what they got. Energize show up the Irish. Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Russ, introduce the guest, man. Well, Bosmo, big weeks mean big guests. Today, we've got the Blanchardstown bad boy, P.T. Carroll, and we've got smooth Andy Stevenson. Lads, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. I'm very excited. Andy doesn't look as excited as me. Why, why isn't he as excited? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Andy. Yeah. <laughs> it only just loaded for me now, lads. <laughs> shocking, shocking. I was getting very afraid there for a second. I, I, I thought he was no selling the PT. He was no selling that he was. Big time, Andy no Stevens. Strikes said. again. Lads, I love it. I love it. It's obviously, it's obviously a huge week for Irish MMA, but like the thing is, we're going to be talking about what happened over the weekend at UFC 267. Then we're going to be going into this weekend's UFC 268 as Ian Gary makes his debut on U- at UFC and MSG. And then obviously Friday, it's Bellator Dublin. It's the return of the big show back to Dublin. Lads, we're all here. We're all very excited, obviously, are we? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely buzzing. 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 Can't wait. Absolutely buzzing. So we have to kick it off from the weekend, right? And we have to start with Kazma Chmoyov's win over the weekend. Ross, what a man, Kazma. Man, this was absolutely, I think as PT described it on the ringer in May, he would give you nightmares when he picked up Li Zhang Ling, like carried him across the octagon and started having a conversation with Dana White before completing the takedown and then began to pummel him and then eventually sunk in that rear naked choke. It was better than when Khabib was beating Michael Johnson. It really was. It was next level. He was full on. He was more concentrated on the conversation with Dana White than he was beating his opponent. Kazman is the real deal. Like, if I had my way, I'd actually throw Kazman in there with Kamaru Usman next. I want to see that fight. Like, that's the, that's the one I really want to see next. I don't know about how, how the boys feel, but I think he will fight maybe a Vicente Luque next first. But Kazman's the real deal, and no one can dismiss that now. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, I think it's one of the best entries to the UFC I've ever seen, to be honest. Just in yeah. how dominant he is, how much of a character he already is. Like, without doing too much, like, he doesn't do a lot of interviews and stuff. But every time he's on screen, every time he's in an interview, you f- you find yourself even more compelled by him. And as as Ross said, I'm terrified of him. Like, th- that, that genuine... <laughs> streak of terror he puts in people is a big part of his allure like the way he's fighting people he's degrading them when they fight like it's not like the other guy had a chance at some stage he's just destroying them and these are like after steps up in competition and you're kind of going oh we're going to see something different this time like i'm dying to see him out of the first round in the ufc but you were nervous for him this fight as well pt weren't you every time because they are steps up and then ahead of this fight there was the covid stuff he'd been out for so long he didn't seem to be enjoying the limelight um the way a lot of people do. I still don't think he's very comfortable with it, but when he gets in there and he fights, he's absolutely magical. Um, You know, I, I like this Neil Magny fight that they're floating around at the moment. I don't want to see them do Nate dirty on the way out, which the UFC will absolutely try to do. Um, I'm sure there's already conversations happening, but man, he's unbelievable. I just, I just want to watch him all the time. Like when he came to the UFC, I, I was, I think I was saying this to Andy at one stage. I was like, just, no need to like throw him to the wolves like they did with Leon and that fight that never happened. Like just let him fight as much as he wants. Like just keep putting him in there, whether it's middleweight or welterweight, and let's build up this this monster. But I mean, it, it, they're doing great the way they're doing it too, and I'm I'm really excited about. Him. 
Andy, what about yourself? He's he's must watch TV. Like he's, when you have a guy that comes in and he just starts calling everyone out, the top tier competition. Like you, you can compare him to McGregor in some ways because in McGregor's rise, like it was always you know I'm coming for the belt, I'm coming for the belt, and everyone's saying, well, hang on, mate, you're only coming into the UFC, like chill out there for a second. And it's kind of the same with Ham with Hamzat where you know he's calling for these. He's, he's basically telling everyone and anyone that he's going to smash them, and then. He does it every single time, and it's just fucking terrifying. Like it's you, you can't not respect him. And to be honest, like I'm ready to see him against the Neil Magny. I'm ready to see him against a Gilbert Burns or whoever. Uh, so it's almost a shame that we might miss out some of his rise. But at the same time, he looks so incredible that he could easily go in and fight for a title. And, and just we could be see two years from now, we could be seeing him uh, a champion already defending the belt and and successfully. So um, it's must watch. Yeah, I was like, I'm living with some of the lads and I sent them all videos beforehand. I was like, you have to watch this guy. Second Chimoyev came on. They're now, they've shaved their beards, they've shaved their heads, they're all walking yeah. around. Like, it's that lip everyone. as well. The lip is it's terrifying. The lip as well. Like, Halloween. It's it looks like a villain. Like, like, he looks like oh, a James Bond villain. Yeah, he's a James Bond, Bond villain in the making. When he retires, like, he'll play the James Bond villain. And like that will be when James Bond dies as well. Yeah, so let, us know, let us know who you think Chimoyev should fight next because whoever he's fighting, we're tuned in. That's one thing's for sure. Uh, lads, another, car, another fight we have to look at as well was obviously Islam Makachev's defeating uh, Dan Hooker as well by submission. Um, Islam Makachev looks like the real deal, PT. Yeah, I think he can, you know, the way that the title situation there is at lightweight, a lot depends on what way fights go, right? Because if if Poirier beats Oliveira, he's obviously fought Gagey already. Um, Chandler, Chandler's situation, he's just fought for the title, so I don't know if that makes sense. Like, Islam... I'm happy to see him fight for the title next if that happens. Um, obviously, if Gagey wins, they're both managed by Ali. I can see them not wanting to do that. But, I mean, he's finally looking like the guy everybody said he was. For years, I was kind of going, "What? what is this? Like, is this guy even that good? Is it just the association with Habib Nurmagomedov? Like, remember, I went to see him at UFC 242 Abu Dhabi before it became Fight Island for... 2020 it was called uh, Abu Dhabi yeah and we went there for 242 and in this makeshift uh, tent he fought Davi Ramos and everyone was building him up as like basically he wasn't the co-main event but he was like the the second biggest attraction after Habib and I didn't think oh he won the fight but I wasn't impressed with him and I was kind of saying I, I still don't think he is what they say he is but after what he done to Moises you know, after what he did the hooker, there's absolutely undeniable, and it feels inevitable that he's he's going to be the champion. To be honest, it feels inevitable that he he'll have that that gold belt wrapped around his waist at some stage. Big balls on uh, PT there talking shit about Abu Dhabi and Fight Island when uh, Abu Dhabi Abu Dhabi Allen isn't around to defend himself. Abu Dhabi Allen was, I think he was amazing this week. If you don't know Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi Allen is is a name we coined for this guy who's clearly working for the the Abu Dhabi government. He <laughs> was implanting himself in the UFC press conferences, and he just tries to do sneaky little ways of asking the fighters questions about Abu Dhabi. He was very sneaky all week. I felt like he wasn't his usual. Just like, listen, lads, Abu Dhabi's deadly, isn't it? Discuss. That's what it used to be. <laughs> he was very. Te- he was technical. This time in the in the build up to the fights, he was asking real fight questions, but straight away after the fight, it just went out the fucking window. Here, listen, lads, Abu Dhabi's fucking class, isn't it? Go ahead, Piotr Jan. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Andy, who would you like to see Islam take on next? Like he's he's obviously he's obviously best mate to has Bullen now. Like people don't really want that smoke, do they? Oh geez, no, no, no one wants that smoke. Um, 
Look, he's he's phenomenal. Like I I did a betting show for Samir May beforehand, and I was kind of half joking, being like, "Oh, you know, here's Islam Makhachev, you know, the second coming of Khabib." And like I thought he was really good, but now after watching him just like slice through Dan Hooker, I'm like, "Yeah, no, this is the second coming of Khabib, and maybe even better." Um, I I, I don't really like. I wouldn't mind seeing the Benil Dariush fight, but at the same time, it's a bit. It doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't really take my bollocks too much, but uh, <laughs> mate, like, as well, though, right? Dariush is with Ali. Yeah, they pro- it probably won't happen. I, I doubt that would happen. Well, you know, it would you know be getting rid of a problem, though, wouldn't it, for the UFC? Because Dariush but they're is all all these guys, in this situation. Yeah, he is. Dariush is someone who doesn't carry much name recognition, but he's one of the top contenders. Uh, I actually also think it'll be the Benil Dariush fight. I think UFC's prize pig at the moment will be they want Poirier to win the belt, and I'd love to see them. Uh, come out and do Poirier Gaethje too. I think that's a money fight that they'd love to do before they insert Islam into that title contention. I also feel like Islam hasn't got to the stage in terms of superstardom where his name carries that Khabib weight. And I don't think he would sell very well on pay-per-view just yet, Islam. I think they need to give him one or two more big spotlight positions. I'm not saying he doesn't have the talent, but in terms of name recognition, I don't think he carries that weight just yet. But why not the winner of Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler this weekend? Yeah, well, I only just think if Gagey wins and Poirier wins, I think they'd love to run that fight back because you're getting an absolute barn burner there. But will Poirier want to do it? I've already beat the guy. Like, I mean, what what are we doing here? And What's then he going to do, have... McGregor four? Yeah, it's ice. Like, I mean, Jesus, yeah, probably. It depends um, whenever McGregor's Oliveira on the other side of it. Chandler, like, they're not going to do that rematch if he wins. You know, it's in just... fairness, Islam versus Oliveira would be very sexy, wouldn't it? I like it. I want to see Islam in against all these guys. Um, I think he's brilliant. Uh, Gaethje's fought for the title before. It's just I, like I think Poirier is a lot more savvy than he's ever been now, and I don't think he's just going to keep signing up for fights willy nilly. Like I think, I think he wants to get the belt, and and you can even see in the dealings with with the Connor fights how how it's evolved every time and how much more savvy he's getting. I just don't know if he's going to be like, yeah, let's just fight Gaethje again. You know, like who knows? He might call out Nate Diaz. For his yeah, his I mean, last fight, <laughs> last fight. I don't think they'll give him a title shot for the last fight in the UFC contract. <laughs> but I mean, but, especially well, well, after Corey's gone gone to Abu Dhabi and and fought Khabib himself and got gotten you know submitted. Like he's hardly gonna want to fight his mate now, who looks every bit as good and like potentially lose a title. Baz gives you Baz, you get the phone to say there. Who do you think Islam fights next? It's the, the the Russian wave is really really coming. I know this video is gonna be like the Irish invasion's coming, but the Russian wave is definitely coming. Islam yeah, been with them for a while. I, I, t- I think Is- <laughs> I, th- I think Islam and Shamayev are sort of on the same sort of rocket ship at the moment, so they're just like bunching, bunching up into more and more. I think these lads are going to be probably fighting on the same night, fighting for a title. Maybe they could do the welterweight title and the lightweight title same night. Um, well, okay, no one really has anything else to say, so they're, they're, I'm probably wrong there, lads. The Abu Dhabi <laughs> lads would love that, though, wouldn't they? That's a, yeah, that's okay. definitely. Baz, yeah. you were you were to have the final say, so like no one's supposed to say anything after. I know it's just like, I thought, <laughs> I'm just was, following yeah, rules here, lads. Jesus great. Christ, I'm just trying not to get in trouble. <laughs> Try my hardest here, lads. Right uh, then, lads. Obviously, we were talking about the Ru- the Russian invasion. Peter Yan being Corey Sandhagen by decision. Ross, like this is um, one of for the people that don't know, Peter Yan's striking coach is actually from Ireland. He's from Donegal. His name is John Boy. Uh, John Boy was very happy over the weekend, Ross, wasn't he? Yeah, he absolutely was. You know what? I actually think this fight was a lot closer than people give a credit for, give uh, Sandhagen credit for. I know he he got a lot of plaudits after the fight, but 
Rounds one, two, and five were very, very close. Rounds three and four were definitely for Piotr Jan. I'm no way trying to say Corey Sandhagen won the fight. I, I, I had a score uh, three rounds to two for Piotr Jan. That was my, that was the way I looked at it. But uh, look, Sandhagen very game on what was it a month's notice. I know he said he was training for the fight either either way, but he, he probably didn't know which one he was uh, training for. Um, I do just think with Piotr Jan. I think he's going to fight TJ Dillashaw next. I don't think we see Aljamain Sterling in there uh, anytime soon. I think he'll ride out this wave uh, of avoiding Piotr Jan and hope someone else will beat him, how he will then fight that other person. I don't think anyone wants anything of Piotr Jan. He's a stone-cold killer. Aljo's been cleared now, though. Um, as far as we know, he's cleared to fight. Uh, I, like, I, I, I just don't believe in... Ford is being afraid of anything, to be honest. Like, I know them too well. I, 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 you know what? I don't think he's actually afraid, PT. I just think he knows how bad a stylistic matchup it is. And he's like, if someone else could chalk off Peter, Peter Jan, that might do him a bit better. Yeah. yeah and then t- um, he, gets more, he gets more of them Tinder matches as well, showing the belt off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it can't go as bad as it did the first time. Because Piotr beat him pillar to post, like destroyed yeah. him. Like, I mean, he absolutely annihilated him. Um, BT, I don't not. think he can do any better than he did the last time. <laughs> I, I don't know though. Like, I think if you look at the first fight, though, I think a lot, like Aljo looked terrible in the in the. It was wild. You know, it, like it, he just looked like he had no gas tank, and it was it was just a one tri- you know uh, one game plan, and that was it, and it just wasn't working for him. So like. I fail. I I can't see how he can do worse than he did in in the you know second or third fourth uh, rounds of, of the last fight. So uh, I don't know. I th- I think we will see that fight. Mm. These clown emojis, all this shit. Like he just wants, like what does I he do if he do if he doesn't go? Like what's who does he fight then? Like it's the it's the belt or nothing for me. And yeah, and even if he if he doesn't say if they it comes to a situation where he can fight, they've said your back is in bits, mate. He can't fight. They strip him of the title. They put the undisputed title on the line for Dillashaw v. Jan, whatever it is. As soon as he comes back, he's in the spot again. Like, and Jan, I don't. I think Jan is the best 134 by a long, long way. Like, I don't see Dillashaw giving him trouble. I thought Corey Sandhagen beat TJ Dillashaw. It, it, I know MMA Mats doesn't work, but I, I don't see anyone touching Jan for a long time. So it's not like he, he could just not miss this one and then avoid fighting Piotr again. You know what I mean? He's going to be there forever. <laughs> Yeah, that that is yeah. true. Uh, Andy, uh, who do you think is next? Is that is that Aljo or Nolte? Uh, I think I think we'll see Aljo. Like if, if he's cleared to fight now, I think we'll see Aljo made again. I think they want to, you know, just put that to bed because at, at the end of the day, you know, Piotr does still have the interim title. Like okay, they could strip Aljo if he's not going to fight, but um, I think the UFC will want to unify those titles fairly quick. Um, if obviously if if they can't do it, then they'll just strip Aljo and then. Piotr will be the champion. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be next. And yeah, Piotr Jan, another terrifying fighter who just throws his everything into every single shot he throws. With It just scares the shit out of me as well. They need to do a Russian fight. Like they need to do a pay-per-view in Russia mm. where Jan yeah. fights um, Dillashaw or Aljo at the top of the card. Um, because there's so many guys here. They need that moment. I know it sounds so silly, but it's huge when international fans see how much these fighters mean to their respective countries, like like we always get with McGregor in Dublin, um, even Paddy Hoolan when he headlined, Ashing Daddy's walkout, the zombie. We see it in the Bellator shows. We're going to see it again this Friday night. Like that's that's a type of thing that all fighters dream of having, like a whole country backing them. And I'd say it'd be absolutely mental if you brought Hamza, Islam, and Piotr back to Russia and put on a big card there. It'd be mental. 
Absolutely. It was, it was a bit like that time, uh, it's not quite the same, but when they put Stipe in Cleveland, I was like, they should not let him leave Cleveland. They should keep him there forever because he like <laughs> was an absolute hero there. I was like, he, he, like he's not that like charismatic. He's not that interesting. He, he's not that interesting to have an interview. But like the Cleveland people, they love him. And if you want to make him a superstar, just keep on having people watch the reaction in Cleveland to him, and everyone else will just believe he's a superstar. His his rap music entrance never really suited him. I always felt I'm always like this is the last thing I'd imagine Stipe doing, chilling out to on a Saturday night when they're <laughs> getting crunk when this comes on. I'd always just looked at it going like I know that the fans loved it because your man's from Cleveland as well, isn't he? Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. It's like my dad walking out to the song or something. Like, he should have come out to Stone Cold Steve Austin's music, and that's it. Just a fire, like a, a fireman's siren. That's <laughs> yeah, I love that it. Actually, that would be really good. Or uh, even if you put that on before the song, that would actually work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that Steve, if you're listening, you know what's up. <laughs> All right, so all right, lads. Uh, the last fight on the card was obviously the main event. Glover Teixeira is a new. Uh, light heavyweight champion after defeating Jan Blackfish. Uh, Ross, we're gonna, we can get into you now in a sec, but this one's for Andy. Andy, what did you make of the fight? And are you looking forward? Would you, what do you want to see after this fight now? Who would you like to see Glover take on next? I just want to see Glover bask in the glory of his win, to be honest. Like, it's, it's one of those ones where you just, don't, I didn't expect this. You don't expect a 42 year old Glover to share it to win the UFC light heavyweight title, which for so long has been dominated you know, by the, one of the greatest fighters to ever grace the sport and John Jones, like just dominating the division. So uh, I thought it was incredible. It was such a feel good story. Like uh, how could you not be happy for Glover? Uh, just seems like the most genuinely nice guy ever. Uh, the the pre-fight was, they were exchanging gifts to each other. You know, it, it had a real feel good, um, you know, feel good story to it. So I thought it was incredible. I thought I thought that Glover uh, just did what he needed to do. Like his wrestling's really good. He got it to the ground. He hurt. Yeah, uh, Jan. I know. I know. Jan said like he left his Polish power in the hotel, but like at the end of the day, Glover, Glover hurt him with that left hook, and and then you know from there it was kind of uh, the beginning of the end. So just really, really impressed by Glover's performance. And as far as who's next, uh, I mean, Yuri Prohaska is the obvious choice, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I want to see it. Like in some ways. Yeah, like maybe Glover can go out and beat him, but like Yuri Prohaska is kind of terrifying, and and if he wins, yeah. I see it. I see it being a KO and probably a vicious one at that. Ross, yeah. like you were, you were obviously on Pete's show there. You gave um, <laughs> you weren't too, you weren't speaking too kindly of Glover, and then he came out with the win. Ross, what do you have to say? Egg in your face, boy. <laughs> he heard it. That Ross uh, actually motivated. Him. It, it was Ross. reverse psychology. It, it was. Uh, Glover always listens to the Ringer MMA with Ariel PT and Chuck. So, like, he, he heard me, you know, he reached me, reached out to me in the DMs and he said, if I ever say anything like that ever again, he'll put me in a wheelchair. So, uh, I do apologize, Glover. Um, Glover is actually a show. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> but, um, look, Glover, unbelievable. And you know what? I actually think against Yuri Prohaska, who knows? Like maybe Yuri's wrestling defense isn't isn't that great, and Glover could take him down and do the same job. Who knows? Um, I wouldn't sit, rule anything out with Glover these days. He's the man. Although on the other side of things, you know, Father Time catches everyone, and I thought I'd already caught up with him. But what a what a swan song! Um, I think he should actually probably retire forty two with the belt. Say thanks very much. See you later. But I You'll suppose with the, doing that. yeah, but, <laughs> like, oh, uh, just cash uh, out when he's going to cash yeah. in. But I suppose, I, I suppose extended his contract as soon as they put the belt oh, around stop. his waist. I know. Yeah, but they'll have him fight till he's fifty as long as he holds the belt. Um, you know what? Everyone's talking about like Yuri and and you're right. Like he's a wild man. It's like mm. you know, it's like putting someone in a blender when you when you're fighting Yuri Prohaska. 
like always has been, is a violent, violent man. But I think Glover's style is the type of style I'd put against his. If I was if I was looking for a guy who could beat someone like Yeri, it would be someone like Glover who's methodical, who who, who has a game Toy plan. Defense. He has, he has a great game plan. Like he, he, you're it's always very clear what Glover is trying to do. Maybe apart from like the Gustafsson fight, right? When he's getting uppercut <laughs> around Stockholm for about twenty five minutes. But you can always tell what he's trying to do. The other guy knows what he's trying to do, but they can't stop it. And if Yuri's going to be throwing wild spinning kicks, all this wild stuff, it's going to give Glover great opportunities to go in and take him down. And I feel like Yuri's always trying to do that wild shit. Like he's ever since back in the rising days, always trying to make a big statement like that. And I think that that would play into Glover's hands. And Bosmo, pound for pound, best hair in the UFC. Yuri uh, is the man, man. Like he is the man. <laughs> Okay, right, lads. It, this is obviously if you are new to the show, make sure to like and subscribe because we're going to get into this weekend's UFC 268. Lads, that was very very enjoyable. What you have to give? Who was your star of the of the the event over the weekend? 267. Hamza, Hamza for PT. Andy. Yeah, I'd say Hamza for Shemayev as well. Lads, you're yes. both absolutely terribly wrong. Has Bullet stole the show? He was the main <laughs> man. Everyone that lick a cloud off him. Everyone got a foe with him. Has Bullet stole the show? It was all about him. Men be getting pissed off with all the fighters, like just lining up like about 50 like professional <laughs> fighters. Like this guy's probably like dreamt of having this kind of respect his whole life, and then he's like, Oh, oh they're fucking so annoying. Uh, I think it's all picture with uh, Leron Murphy with Hasbulla, and he looked so unimpressed. <laughs> yeah, saw Kane Moose's one as well, so they must have been around the same time and just disgusted looking on the boys. <laughs> he was throwing jabs at all of them. Yeah, it was decent. I think DC ate one. DC ate one. I'm going to go for Glover, by the way, lads. Just uh, what a story. What a story. Uh, yeah, so as I said, if you are new, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, right, we're going to get into this weekend's UC 268 uh, because it's obviously Ireland's own Ian Gary is making his UC debut at MSG. Um, PT, like you're obviously here from like uh, the, the rise of Connor, et cetera, et cetera. Can you, uh, what, what are the sort of similarities or what way do you feel now with um, Ian about to make his debut this weekend compared to Connor making his UC debut all them years ago? It's it's similar in a lot of ways and it's different in a lot of ways because obviously the landscape has completely changed because of Connor and what he did. More like when Connor was making his UFC debut, the vast majority of Ireland didn't know what MMA was. They they really didn't. Um I was on the phone trying to convince newspapers to take stories and they didn't want them. I got one paper to take a story the day before I went to Stockholm, and that was the mirror. Um, and they had this tiny little 300 word piece. And then, in a nod to how big that the debut was, the on the Sunday or the Monday, I think after after the fight happened, they had a, they had me write a double spread, so two pages worth of like a star is born in Stockholm. Ian Gary has had a lot more media attention from very early on. He's the the. The fan base is mobilized now. So Connor's success has made people aware of the sport and and therefore there's more eyeballs on Ian than ever. Um and really when when I look at this debut, I feel like it's different to Reese McKee in 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 the way that we knew that Reese McKee had a, a huge hand, handful on his hands with, with Hamza Chimoyev, where Ian's debut feels like the UFC really see a lot of promise in this guy, as they should, because they're rolling out the red carpet here like He's a heavy, heavy favorite. Like Jordan Williams, he should be beating Jordan Williams. Like he's in MSG. Like oh, New York is a hub for Irish people. This is the big one of the biggest venues in the world. I mean, it's I unreal. It's actually unreal. I'm getting all like tingly. Yeah, and we haven't got the Bellator like, Dublin yet. Like, yeah. So they're gonna roll out the red carpet from 
But this is a different kind of pressure. This isn't like, oh, um, can he win? He should win. So the pressure now is, can he rise to the occasion of the stage? He hasn't fought in front of the fans in a long time. Like this is a different beast to what he's used to. I, I expect him to do it after the after what happened with the Jack the the Jack Jack Grand fight. Um, yeah. I, I fully expect him to do it. But these are the things that you'd be looking for. Like I mean, I, I think he's born for the stage. I think he's born to be in the spotlight. But how will he deal with this? It's a completely new level, and it's very very exciting for the fan base, of course. It is. Um, Ross, like, obviously, like, we had Ian on years ago, just after making his de- uh, debut, he was 1-0. And, and, like, to see the rise Claims, of claims made in the best cup of tea he's ever had in his life. Yeah, I, I hear that's a lie, but who knows. But, I mean, Ross, like, Ross seeing Ian now going in now, it's it, it's so surreal, isn't it? It, it is, in a way. I think because we've talked to him so much and, you know, we interact with him so much consistently. I think he's one of the few people. Oh, we get it, lads. There's no in. All right. Yeah. No, but I'm saying it's, it's one of the few <laughs> people in the sport. Yeah, 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 I've I sent him a few DMs too, lads. All right. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, just, it's just one of the few people you, you consider uh, almost more of a friend than someone who like you have on your show, sort of thing, if that makes sense. So, uh, as opposed to other fighters. So, like, you have a vested interest in him, but you also sort of want what's best for him at all times as well. So, like, you almost overanalyze every aspect of his career. But uh, I think he's made for it. I think he's made for the big stage. Um, one thing I want to ask you, Andy, is what do you think has moved to Samford and May means? And what do you think someone like Henry Hooft and uh, Greg Jones can add to his game? Yeah, I mean, look, it, the move to Samford and May was obviously, you know, the entire narrative around it was was dramatized. Um, and that was just by proxy of what was going on. You're hearing, you know, one thing from inside, uh, inside the camp, one thing from the inside in the, in the media. And you, no one knows what to believe. And it, and it was all very just dramatic. Um, when you actually look at the move itself, I think this, as much as I hate to say it, um, because I think the world of, of Chris Fields and Team KF, but I think this will be a positive change for Ian purely based on the fighters that he's going to be surrounded by like he can have the best coaching in the world at team kf and he may have had but he like it's just it wouldn't be true to say that he had the same level of sparring uh, of sparring partners the same level of training partners on a daily basis and i just think that as he makes the step up to the ufc where you know you're you're not going to be fighting a Lawrence Tracy. You're not going to be fighting a George McManus. You're and, and with the, the the lofty goals that Ian has set for himself, where he's coming out and saying, "I'm going to be bigger than the Conor McGregor. I'm going to surpass all of his achievements." He needs to be surrounded by the best, of the best day in day out because we all know Ian. We all know Ian's ego, <laughs> and it's large. And he'll tell you that himself. And he, but he will like he'll tell you that he's got a big ego, and that ego needs to be checked in the training rooms. So. If you're going to be competing at the highest level of the UFC, he needs to be losing in the training rooms so that he can win on the big stage. And I do think that he'll, I, I think we'll see a phenomenal performance from on Saturday night. I truly do. I think going in against Jordan Williams, you know, this guy's coming off two losses in a row. He was submitted by Mickey Gall in his last fight. And I just think Ian is levels above him. Um, I think Ian has all the potential to be a star uh, or to be, you know, to be fighting in the upper echelon of the UFC. But the UFC need to do this carefully and methodically, and they they seem to be doing that so far. Like they, by looking at this matchup, I think it's a positive step, and I think that we'll see a fantastic performance uh, for me in front of uh, a Madison Square Garden crowd on Saturday night. Yeah, I think we all want to see a slow build with Ian Gary as well. I think we want to see him, you know, slowly take step up in competition. I don't think we want to see Ian do 
a sort of Hamzat style where like, you know, within four fights, you could be fighting the number one contender fight sort of thing. I think, you know, let's build him slowly. Let's see him slowly step up that composition and let's get him used to getting that big fight feel. Yeah, let more Irish people get onto the roster as well. You just prospect a 170 and you know that there's a guy called Hamzat Shumayev that's know, also yeah. in the division. <laughs> that's around the same age. You know, you're like, ah, yeah. oh, well, this, this is going to happen. If, in if, fairness, if, in if, fairness. if everything goes according to plan, this is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you look at it, like, he's he, he the golden boy, like, as um, he coined himself there recently with us, uh, you know, he's like almost the next Luke Rockhold. You know I mean, he's, he's the guy who'd be getting the modeling deals and he's going to fight the Bond villain and Hamza Chimaev at some stage down the line. You know what I mean? It's going to be... The shades almost... of McGregor versus Khabib and like, you can compare them to yeah, the two matchups oh, as well. It's, it's, it's frightening, but uh, we could be at least two years down the line and say before we get to that stage, but... Please it's go a frightening on. prospect. <laughs> That's a, bit, a question for all of you as well. Um, who do you think gets a bigger write-up on the the newspapers the next day? Um, will it be, say, if Peter Creeley wins the title or if Ian Gary wins an MSG? You see, this is this is um, in the papers. Yeah, Ian's kind of snookered himself because nobody works in the papers on, on Saturday night. So in terms of actual newspapers, it's definitely going to be Bellator because you're not going to be able to get the Ian Gary story into your Sunday paper. It's going to hit the Mondays. But I expect it to be huge. The UFC is a bigger deal than the Bell- Bellator is. Like that's yeah. for, for all these sports deaths, the UFC is the biggest in the world. But the fact that they're on different days is great because they're two huge moments for the, the Irish sport. Um, so I, I reckon the newspapers will be in double, like, you know, they'll be at the event in the three arena so i think they have some little bit deal deal with the mirror now so i do expect it to to feature heavily but um yeah i think that's the fun thing for me like who is the person that's going to steal all the 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 talk like i mean if if galera beats patchy mix that's an incredible win that's Mm -hmm. a wild win yeah like that is crazy if queen becomes the champion that is crazy and then ian if he wins in his debut like i mean which story is gonna is gonna be most talked about on monday you know that's what I'm, i'm more concerned with and that's, the that's thing is, you always know as well. We you, you always know. You always know which one was the best, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, I felt like walking out 267, like, Hamza Chimoyev, like was the person to be talked about. Even though Islam was, like, one raid against Dan Hooker. Glover won the belt. But it was, like, what Hamza did. And we will know come Sunday which person stole the show. I think, like... Yeah. Like the the one thing I feel like if like you know Ian's gonna be a huge deal MSG I can remember when Gallagher fought in MSG against Yoel Machida, and Ariel was ringing me like oh my god after he won he's like this is crazy this is crazy like the like the the place just exploded and that's what it's gonna be like for Ian as well um but reality Gallagher and Quilly have far more stern tests on their hands far more. Like, yeah. like they're big underdogs in their fights. Like, if, if they do that from a, a sporting point of view, unbelievable. We expect Ian to win. Everyone expects Ian mm. to win. So it's a different story. I can't believe there's only two people on the roster now from Ireland. It's actually, it's crazy. It's actually crazy. But like, I mean, the, like the way, like it's a hotbed here in Ireland now, and everyone's just like training, and the events are going great. So uh, who knows what's going to happen in the future? But with Ian winning, he can inspire another generation as well. So it's just. Uh, Long may it continue. Uh, is there anything else to say about the Ian Gary fight as well, or what you expect can happen after? Any predictions? <laughs> like, I mean, like, will we get a Paddy the Baddy moment? You know what I mean? Will we get a Chimoyev moment? Will we get Paddy a the Baddy's going to be there. <laughs> we'll be there, yeah. He's going to yeah, be in New team. York. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be there for uh, Barstool Sports. So, like, 
it's going to be incredible. But uh, no, I, I, I hope he does get to finish as well. And I hope he does get that big moment where he gets to, you know, get it. Get, you know what? Get to finish. Get his spiel on the mic. And it'll be crazy for him. Is Joe Rogan doing UFC 268? I don't know because of this. No idea. Do you know the way there's he's probably doing he's probably New doing York, he's, pro- he's probably doing the day before with Chappelle somewhere, then he'll probably do uh <laughs> do that and he... well, isn't there some kind of COVID situation with oh, Madison Square yeah. Garden and Joe was uh, Joe wasn't vaccinated, I don't think. I know he has antibodies as he had it, but I don't know how that works. Oh god, who knows? But I, I, I love Joe Rogan was there just for him because I think that, that would would be another sort of chink in the armor from another thing as well, lads. Will Ian be on the at the press conference as well on Thursday? Doubt it. I, I would doubt that. Because okay. the thing is, I think the thing is we have to remember is that like Ian is massive on the Irish scene, but like he hasn't transcended yet to the US side. Yeah, put it this way, Paddy uh, Pimlet was not the press conference for his his fight, so um, I would very much argue he was a bigger deal going into his debut yeah. than he is like, going into very, his. I'm mostly biased. I'm wearing the Ireland jersey. You know, I mean, like yeah, <laughs> it's one of the most biased Irish show you ever meet. Uh, right, lads. Then obviously in the main event, we'll get into it. Uh, Kamaru Usman, the champ, is taking on Colby Covington again for like for the second time. Uh, Andy, what do you expect from this fight? After the first fight was just like unmissable. Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting another great fight. Like, say what you want about Colby Covington, he's an incredible fighter, and he's he's given Kamaru Usman his toughest test to date, in my opinion. Um, it it doesn't really sit well with me that Colby's just back in fighting for a title when so many others, like if you look at different divisions, if you look at Leon Edwards in his own division, if you look at everywhere in the UFC, usually if you sit out and just say, no, I'm going to sit down on my spot and I want a title shot, that doesn't sit well with the UFC. Um, but for some reason, here we are, Colby Covington fighting again after beating, a, to put it bluntly, a washed Tyron Woodley um albeit he had a great performance against him stopped him in the fourth round but um look i think it's gonna be a great fight i can't i I just kamaru usman has improved so much in the striking realm in the last number of years and the work he's been doing um i just i just think that he's getting better and better um like i know we've seen him there was that kind of rocky moment against gilbert burns where he got rocked for a second but ultimately every single time he he he, uh, you know he um pulls through the adversity and it gets the win and i I see Usman getting another finish this time around, probably a late one. I think it's yeah. a brilliant fight. Um, it was one of the best fights I've ever seen the, the first time they fought. And I love, like, as expected, Colby has a great version of events that he can relay us with about how, how the fight went. I don't know if you saw the counter joke. It's actually <laughs> yeah. genius. Like, it is, yeah, he is like he is. all these little stoppages, and you're going, like, you know. It's hard to like. It's hard to take anything away from Usman, but he's making it interesting, you know. But, like, he sells it well. Yeah, I don't. Did, agree did he with ever anything. go with Mark Goddard again, or I haven't seen it? Didn't have a go with Mark Goddard. He probably had to cut the edit that out of the old kind of interview. <laughs> but he was. He was kind of saying, "Look, he stopped it here for an eye poke. It was ridiculous. He stopped it here for a liver kick because Usman said it went low. All this kind of stuff. But like, the, the reality is, the personalities of these guys." obscure the reality of that fight it was amazing it was an amazing back and forth fight um colby i even think you said he was winning the fifth round pizza as well (laughs) yeah fair play to him but but it's a brit like colby i get i get look i've been one of the the loudest guys in terms of leon edwards and calling for his toilet shop but colby is an elite fighter he's one of the best fighters in the ufc i don't agree with most of the things he says but he's an incredible fighter and the reason they're doing this is because he's so polarizing. It's not because he's got a huge fan base. It's because people want to watch him getting his head kicked in for the most part. You know, um, 
And look, True. there's a lot of interesting things that happen if he wins this fight. Like Masvidal and Leon takes on a completely different energy then because it's then Masvidal potentially fighting Colby. You know, it, it's I think it's a it's a great fight to make, and it, and it makes sense for a big event like MSG. I love it. I think it's one of the most polarizing rivalries since um, Daniel Cormier versus John Jones, and I feel like it's got those that vibe in between it. I feel like there's a bit of vitriol in between the two of them. Um, one thing I always found about Colby Covington, and I, I think it's always sort of left out when they talk about his career and his opponents, uh, he's been very good at almost like hand-selecting his opponents in certain aspects, as in the guys he's always fought have been on the downturn of their career. You know, Robbie Lawler, RDA, Tyrone Woodley, Damian Maya, like all these guys when he fought them were on the downturn of their career, but they're such good names to have on your resume. And the one time he was fighting someone on the rise was when he went in for the world title fight against Kamara Usman, and it didn't go his way. Look, I had a score 2-2 going into the last round. I thought it was one of the best fights I've seen in a very long time, as you allude to, Pizzi. But I just think with this new wrinkle in Kamara's uh, game, uh, with Trevor Whitman in his corner, and the way he's tweaked those final few things, and the way he knocked out Jorge Masvidal, I have no doubt Kamara Usman's going to leave with the belt. I think he is the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet at the moment. And they don't call him the Nigerian nightmare for a reason. And when he gets down the line and fights Hazmat Shemaev, sign me up, take all my wa- take all the money out of my wallet, you can have it. Russ is just yeah. completely, he's disregarded the top 10 welterweights and just said, listen, we know what's happening. <laughs> Fuck Leon Straight Edwards. Get, get you bet the 11th ranked welterweight in the world. Let's get the title fight going. Fuck Leon. Yeah, like, if you look at it there, the way Chimoyev went out and just like demolished uh, Ling Jiang and the, and the way like Edwards won the whole 24 minutes of the fight and then the last minute, like everyone forgets about the last 24 minutes. It's just that uh, everyone wants to see the, the wrecking train just collide, you know? Yeah, but like it, it, it will be an stylistic wise, it'd be absolutely incredible. I mean, that, I want to say it, but let's have Kazma fight someone else first and give Leon that title <laughs> shot first because, uh, Jesus Christ, he deserves it. Yeah, stick the brakes in that train, uh, lads. In the in the co-main event, uh, Rose Namajunas is taking on uh, Wei Li Zhang again. Rose obviously won last time by a head kick. PT, like, are you are you excited to see this rematch? Yeah, um, I love watching Rose Namajunas and I love watching Zhang. Um, so. Love the fight. I will say that I think that in hindsight, Zhang has been changed from the Joanna fight. Like that's something we all talk Terrible. about after this. Like this this kind of war, you don't you don't go through a fight like that and come out, you know, without without having some kind of damage. And the way she went out against against Rose, then you're kind of going, All right, well that's 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 a lot more damage again. And now she's doing the immediate rematch again. And Rose is after putting on size. She's a beautiful boxer. Um, I, I, I'd really be shocked if this went any other way than a Rose win, you know? Andy? I, I just think that the time frame as well, like it's only seven months since they last fought. It's not like she's gone away and trained a lot and taken some time off and, you know... Slept in a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> done whatever she needs to do to to turn things around. Like, and, and okay, albeit... It was what a little over a minute when Rose landed that head kick and, and put her out. So we didn't see a whole lot, but I mean, what we did see, Rose just looked phenomenal. Um, and and Rose has been phenomenal since or, or what the last five years or so. Like I know she when she lost her title, she was smashing uh, Jessica Andrade up until that that slam um, and got knocked out. So I just I would be surprised if Rose didn't win here. Um, 
but I am excited to see it. I hope it goes a bit longer because I mean, as PT was talking about there, that Yoni and Jacek fight that um that Zhang Wei had was absolutely incredible. Um, I hope for the sake of their brains that it's not a similar fight for Rose and, and Zhang, but uh, I, I would like to see it go a little bit longer this time. Okay. Um, last time I actually told Wei Zhang would win, but then Rose won, so I'm going to stick with Rose this time. Ross, uh, Ross, one more fight we're going to look at before we move on to Bellator Dublin. And thanks, Mel, for everyone who stayed on the show so far. Ross, Justin Gage is taking on Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler ac- actively training with Ian Gary in the build to this fight as well. Like, does this have fight night written all over? I think it's more of a, a round of the year than a fight of the night. I think uh, every time Justin Gaethje fights, you know what I mean, the first seven or eight minutes are always, always absolutely insane, and I think we'll see that again. I think Michael Chandler is going to be slightly foolish here and try and fight fire with fire, and I think uh, Justin Gaethje is going to eventually put him to sleep. I'm not as convinced <laughs> Michael Chandler's chin is as good as it used to be. I think ever since the Pitbull knockout, I think it's been a bit skeptical, and we saw him get touched up against... Um, Charles Oliveira so I think uh, Gaethje's going to win by knockout and I think Gaethje's got that bit smarter as well PC what are you thinking there bud? Um, I don't really know I, I think Chandler's really good you know like I think he fought a brilliant fight against Oliveira and Oliveira's you know one of the best in the world obviously a huge statement to do that to Hooker like all fairness right Islam Makashev submitting submitting Dan Hooker is not as impressive as Michael Chandler knocking out Dan Hooker, in my opinion, because Dan Hooker's a striker. He, he was on a good run at that stage. Mm. Um, he had a full camp um, to prepare for this guy. So I, I thought that was unbelievable. And then he goes in against Oliveira, a guy who's been like completely destroyed Tony Ferguson, right? Like just absolutely annihilated him. It wa- wasn't even a contest. And he gives him a like the, the first round of that fight was absolutely unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a tough fight for Gaethje. Um, obviously. His leg kicks are unbelievable. I love, I love watching him fight. Who doesn't love watching this guy fight? But, Him versus Mason Jones. Book it. Yeah, that's a great show. Yeah, I love that. But um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, like, I'm really interested to see it, and I'm interested to see how it plays against the title fight. I don't really have a prediction, though, right now. I'm not really leaning one way or the other when I think about the fight. I love a good and fence sitter. And yeah, yeah. I just don't have one in top of my head. Like I could say something, but it would be utter bullshit. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm going to copy PT to be honest, because I, I have no idea how this is going to play out. Like I think we all know, we all know how it's going to play out in the sense that it's just going to be chaos, and they're going to beat the shit out of each other for, for for however long it goes, and it's probably not going to go the distance. But it's just really, really difficult to to say, okay, you know, fighter A versus fighter B, who's going to win? I, I don't really know. Um, someone's going to get knocked out. Don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be fucking amazing for as long as it lasts. <laughs> and like, it's not a technical breakdown or anything, but most people who watch the sport can predict how this fight is generally going to play out, I think. But I don't think many will know who is going to win. This yeah, better think- not be the lightweight version of Ngani versus Lewis, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it won't be, <laughs> no. but it, it is like, Gaethje is that guy, like um, Chuck Mendenhall talks about this a lot, um, where... It's just a guy you love to watch. You don't even care if he wins or loses because mm-hmm. you know he is just going to go out there and put caution to the wind. And I know he's he's cleaned up his his game a lot, but that is, in essence, what, what we're all so excited about Gage for. Like, he's going to go out on his shield no matter what. And we know what, what he's going to do, and we can't wait to see it. That's the, that's the whole allure of the guy. Yeah, and to be fair to Michael Chandler as well, his last three wins have all been first round knockout. So it's not like he's he's uh, a anything d- yeah. dissimilar to, 
Take a Justin Gagey. Yeah, no decision. Mer- Merchants here, Basmo. No, I hope not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for Gage in this one as well. I just think that, like... Yeah, because Energoids don't sit on the fence, Basmo. That's why. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, before we get to the Bellator Dublin, I, I'm just going to ask you each, what like what other fight are you looking forward to seeing on this card? Uh, Ross, we're going to start with yourself, but... Oh, jeez. I, I, I wasn't even ready for you to come to me. Do you have the card in front of you there? Yeah. This well, is a very unprofessional book. I'll give you one. Uh, Alex Beheira's uh, is fighting. Ah, uh, um, yes. The last man to be uh, Israel Adesanya. Yeah, he's taking yeah, that's on Andreas Okay, Pete, what about yourself? Um, Ali Aquinta and Bobby Green. That's cool. I think it's it's a great fight. They, Love they, they, could, they could try and rob the thunder of uh, the lads, couldn't they? Well, For the fight of the night. Ali Aquinta, I feel like, is so underloved. Like, I mean, I, I think he's brilliant. I, lo- I love to watch him fight. And Bobby Green's story is, is absolutely amazing. So I think that's guaranteed to be a brilliant fight. Probably will go the distance, but it'll be very entertaining. Baz, I'm going to go for our mate from New York, the man who photobombed nearly all our photos over there, Jean Valente. What an absolute legend of a man, <laughs> one way or the other. Um, he's just a nice guy. And he's uh, UFC's. Look to Jean Valente's heavyweight fights. That is unbelievable yeah. to me. And uh, well, just more, he, he's, the, he's the UFC's answer to Rob Gronkowski, so like, let them, yeah. let them have it, you know what I mean? Easy, that's a reference for you, but on the NFL hype train, yeah. Uh, Gronkowski injured at the moment. What Buccaneers <laughs> losing, losing, losing matches and everything with him, yeah. What uh, about what, that number 12 guy, eh? Never heard of him, <laughs> yeah. Never heard of him. Uh, one person I'm looking forward to seeing is actually Shane Burgos, he's taking on Billy Quarantillo, and then uh, Frank Yeager is taking on Marlon Vera as well. This Saturday, lads, uh, for, for the people that are tuning in right now, thanks, man, for following along. We're moving into Bellator Dublin now, right, lads? Obviously, this Friday, it's it's all going down. Uh, all four of us are going to the event, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to sit yes, together sir. and hold hands. Yeah, he's all going. Oh, to we're not allowed. Well. Sorry, vehicle. Media days on Wednesday. Um, the the weigh-ins then are on Thursday, and the events on Friday. So we actually cannot wait. Bellator Dublin is live from the Tree Arena this Friday, November fifth. Uh, make sure to like if you're going. Make sure to leave a comment down below. Um, how many selfies you're going to get with the lads? And uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, right. We're going to kick it off at the very, very top. Peter Creedy's taking on Patricky Pitbull for the second for the lightweight world title. PT, when you saw this fight was announced, like, what did you think? Now, what what did I think of when the fight was announced, or when they made it a title fight? When they made it a title fight, like how excited were you for like another for an? Oh, huge! Like I, I was so happy. Like it, it adds a complete new layer layer of prestige to the card. Um, Queedy's a guy I've been watching for years, and he's a guy that he 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 always felt like he was going to be in a moment like this. But then he'd he'd hit some stumbling blocks. Like remember the Joe McCaughan fight, Obama. People like he was so in. in kind of ingrained in McGregor's camp at the time. People were like, if he wins this, he's going. McColgan won and all at the time. We all know he was a lot better than one and all, which he's gone on to prove subsequently in his career. But yeah. that was just a killer for him. And yeah, I, I mean that last fight against Patricky was unbelievable. The, the the cut stop on the fight. There's genuine bad blood there. Um and look this would be an absolute this would be a, a huge moment for him. One of the best moments. You know, like think about Connor winning a world title. Like, this is a huge, this is a huge deal if Peter Quigley pulls this off. In I, know, the yeah. I know there's other lightweights in the division that are unhappy about a brand premise, guys like that. But um, look, Quigley did great against Patricky last time. Patricky was on an unbelievable run up until that fight. And uh, yeah, I, I would love to see him as the champion of Bellator. And no one can say that he's getting a softball with, with Patricky because he's a beast. 
I don't really understand how other fighters can be pissed off about this, if I'm honest. Like, he beat the number one guy, the, the champion vacated the title. What what do you want him to do? Like, he, he's beating the number one guy. Does that not mean he's worthy of, of facing him for the title when he's just beaten him? I, 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 I don't think really that's get... what Primus is upset about. He's like, Patricky's just lost, and now he's fighting for the title because he's oh, so he, uh, okay. Patricio's so he... brother. You know, that's, that's so it's insane. not it's not the grievance with Peter Queeley, it's more the grievance with that Patricky's fighting for the belt. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, like, oh, you know, I agree with you, Andy. No, no, no I, I, I don't think you should, Andy. This is because, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> tell her who it is here. Bring that energy. Yeah, because I agree with you, Andy, because at the end of the day, that fight was stopped uh, by a cut as well. So it was a bit um controversial how the fight ended. I'm delighted they're running it back. I'm delighted they're running it back on Dublin. I'm delighted for a belt. And um, one thing I think, really, doesn't it? Like when he's covered in blood, you're like, yeah, that yeah. looks great, man. Like, he, he, gets going, him, like, he only gets going when he sees a bit of blood, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Like, he looks great in blood. Like, like he, 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 five rounds suits better. Let me I just think set the suits set the scene, right? Let me just set the scene, right? It'll be like it'll be around half eleven, I'd say. Will it be? Then like McGregor will be going around the whole the whole arena and like giving giving everyone a shot to proper twelve. Queeley wins the title and then like just everyone gets a shot of proper twelve. The whole arena goes bleeding nuts. That's what's going to happen. And that entrance as well is just the most famous entrance, one of the most famous entrances in, in the European Bellator history. Yeah, robbed it but, off Ash Daly, like, but fair enough. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, like, but this, Sunday, this, uh, this Friday, sorry, excuse me, is like I I, I haven't been. I won't forget Ash. I won't forget. In fairness, we love Ash Daly. Like, you know what I mean? He might have robbed her, but he immortalized it. You know what I mean? Uh, now in the ah, new age of... She might new... immortalized it in UFC Dublin. Oh, no. I, I, I think in the new wave of uh, social media now, I, I think uh, Peter Queeley has uh, overtaken Ash Daly in that, in that um, right yeah. to be the zombie guy. Um, but also... The zombie, lads... the zombie girl. There we go. Look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True, true. One A and one B, as the guys would like to say. Uh, but also, one thing that's great is um, for our sport, MMA, it's going to be the first like big show that's on in Dublin on an indoor uh, arena. So that's pretty cool to say as well since COVID. So you up the MMA. I actually haven't been to an event in so long. This is like I'm actually nervous for Friday because I know once that zombie hits, like, geez, the, the whole arena, get the phones out. Yeah, the masks yeah, will be gone. I, like the, I nearly hope that Connor doesn't come because what happens when Connor shows up at Bellator events, the media stop watching the fights. They all get out <laughs> our phones and just start recording Connor. The whole crowd are just looking at Connor, and then you're like, "This is the world title fight on me." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, those that's, retweets, PT. Those retweets. You need them, man. It's the currency. But like, the, the, like if Connor's there as well, it will make it even more of a global thing. And then if for Peter to uh, win the title, that that would just be it would be a great story. And then also like Sinead having a fight for the title the week after. I can't believe I can't wait to see what sort of show Belter puts on, who they bring over, who's going to be there. It's going to be it's going to be really really exciting. And I can't wait to go to the media day this Wednesday. And the lads are going as well. So as I said, make sure to follow them both on Twitter, Andy and PT, and you get I'm all not the going to be there. Just full disclosure. I'm, I'm actually oh. also not going to be there. Okay, don't <laughs> <laughs> okay. follow them right now. Don't follow Right now, <laughs> but I've got plenty right. coming to the Severe MMA YouTube channel. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go. In the co-made event, lads, James Gallagher is taking on Patchy Mix as well. James eleven and one, Patchy Mix is fourteen and one. Uh, Ross, we start yourself. James Gallagher, uh, since he's went over to uh, Kansas Glory, um, he, he seems like a new man. Yeah, he seems to have matured a lot. Um, I think physically as well, he's grown yeah. into his body a lot more, which is a uh, good to see. Look, I think. Uh, Linking up with James Krause over there can only be a good thing. James Krause is an absolute 
guru of MMA. I think he's a fantastic head coach, and I think it's a great move for James. Uh, one thing I did see, I don't know, maybe the lads might be able to confirm. I saw James tweet out something about 140 pounds. This is going to be a catchweight fight, lads. I don't think so. I'd, I'd say that's just a bit of uh, uh, just just hyping it up a little bit, but but a gamesmanship. I, I don't believe so. I reached out to Bellator and they didn't get back to me, so maybe it is. But it wouldn't be to be fair. Stranger things have happened. You know, we saw Peter Queeley and Ryan Scope kind of agreeing on fight week just to not cut weight and uh, and do a cash weight. So you never know. But I would say this is probably going to be a title eliminator fight if you look uh, if you look at the division. So I'd be very surprised if this wasn't at one thirty five pounds or one thirty six pounds rather. PZ, uh, how excited are you for this fight? Um, what do you think James uh, Krause will bring to James Gallagher's game? Um, I think Krause is unbelievable. I think he's one of the best coaches in the world. Um, and look, he's just freshening it up, I guess. I mean, I think I think he just need Like, look, he's been living in Dublin, basically, since he's 15 years of age. Um, I just think he needed to spread his wings, get over there. I've only talked to him a little bit. I haven't been able to really pick his brain on it, but he seems really happy. Like, I mean, I always say this about James. Imagine being as famous as he was that young. Like, everything you do. And, and it wasn't like... Like, I think people are coming around to me. He has a lot more fans than he did at the start. But at the beginning, it was just people giving him shit all the time. And yeah. I always saw him as a, a brilliant, brilliant fighter. And I didn't understand why people weren't getting behind him. I feel like that is happening. I think the Bellator mm-hmm. European Series actually implanted him as, like, this is a main event fighter in Ireland. So I think that helped him a lot. But, yeah, I think it, I think it's a good move for him just to freshen it up. Um, get some new bodies there. Um, you know, just just have the freedom that he'd have in the US that maybe he didn't have in in Ireland as much. But uh, the fight is unbelievable. I I think you know, Patchy Mix is rightfully the the bookie's favorite. He's fought um he he's fought similar level of guys, but he has big win over like Ricky Bandeas. If you haven't seen that fight, it's absolutely unbelievable how quickly he he latched up Ricky Bandeas' neck in that fight is 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 crazy. I can remember being blown away when I saw it that night. Um, you know, he, he is like, he is one of these young kids that came up under Jackson Wink, I believe. So, I mean, he, he's, he's had a killer's role in his training room ever since he started in MMA. I think this would be a massive, massive win. Like a, the biggest by a long stretch of James Gallagher's career. But what I will say is their strength areas are both in each other's wheelhouse. Like they're both submission savvy guys. And James Gallagher, I mean, when he was third, when he was like 15, there was just this this talk of this phenom, like e- even the jiu-jitsu scene, never mind MMA. Like from at that time he was focused on it on just jujitsu and people were like, This is this guy's incredible. I've never seen anything like this so young. And he's proven how good he is on the ground in, in his Bellator run. But that for me is, is a big thing. If this gets into a scrambling, a, a submission kind of battle on the ground, it's anyone's. Like they're they're yeah. both brilliant. So I I wouldn't be surprised if James won it that way. But I, I do understand why Patchy Mix is the favorite. And honestly, it's one of the biggest wins Irish MMA would have in a long time, either Queeley over Patricky or or James over Patchy Mix. And I think it's big for, I know even though James isn't in an SBG anymore, either of those wins are huge for SBG because there's all these conversations we saw with Johnny Walker's performance a few weeks ago. Oh, John Kavanagh can't do it. Either one of these wins I think will be huge for SBG, even though James is with Kraus now. Well, yeah. Uh, Andy, what you make of, what you make of the evolution of James since he's moved abroad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I th- I think it's kind of too early to say what the evolution is just yet. Like, we haven't seen him fight since he's moved to glory, so mm-hmm. I think the proof will be in the pudding there. And I I think that where 
I think it can only benefit. It's the same with Ian Gary. Like I think it can only benefit fighters by going by spreading their wings and training somewhere new, and especially in a gym like Glory, where you know James Krause has, has proven himself to be an elite level coach over the last number of the years in the UFC. Um, I, I think that we'll probably see. I would hope anyway that we would see James's game kind of evolving into a more well-rounded game. Like we all know he's this uh, slick grappler, but the question marks. It, it's hard to say because most of James's fights play out on the ground because he just he gets the takedown and then he goes to work. Whereas the one loss that we've seen has this bit, bit was this big emphatic knockout where he was switching music, you know, after already getting hurt. So, like, it's it's really hard to say what James's striking is like because, like, if you talk to his training partners and his teammates, they say, "Oh, yeah, he's great," but then we we just haven't actually been able to see that um, in his actual fight. So, I think I would hope that his game is a bit more well-rounded than what we've seen in fights to date. And I think it will be. And I'm really just intrigued, as PT said, like this is, these are two high level grapplers and I'm really, really intrigued to see how the fight plays out. Like I wanted to go to the ground. I want to see how it get, how they get on. I spoke to uh, both Pedro Carvalho and, um, Jesus, I'm blanking on his name now. Um, this is terrible. Obviously just, that's terrible, Andy. I can't believe that's that. terrible. Anyway. One of the Italian lads. Yeah. No, hang on. No, give me a second, lads. I, I need to get Is this. Is it Pedro's opponent? Kieran Clark. Kieran Clark. Got it. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Kieran. No, um, But they both said the exact same thing. Like, they said, it's when you get in with James. Like, everyone discounts James until they're in there with him. And when they feel his grappling, and he's so much stronger and technically uh, gifted than you think. Like, he, he looks like, you know, James doesn't look like, he's not this big muscular guy. Like, you said at the start there, Ross, like, he's kind of, he looks like he's starting to grow into his body. And that's the way... I've always kind of felt about him. It's as if like he hasn't hit that growth spurt yet where you get like your man strength, but he doesn't really need that. It seems because when he grabs hold of lads, he's just, he's so clinical and technical that he's able to just go to work and, and do what he needs to do to get the finish. So very interested to see this fight. Yeah. I do think one thing that we've always said with James is that everyone knows what he's going to try and do to you when he gets in there. And very few, in fact, only one person has been able to stop it. So at the end of the day, like he is a bit of an enigma that way. No one's been able to out grapple him. And this time he's facing the best grappler he's fought since his, in, he started his professional career. So that does add to the intrigue. I think the, the, the Bandeas fight, the thing that's missed about that an awful lot when people talk about it is that was like the first time we didn't see James use the game plan that does everything mm -hmm. for him. He'd been training specifically with a boxing coach for a long time in the lead-up to that fight. And every time I was talking to him in the lead-up to that fight, we knew it was a big fight. Bandeas, they were UFC were trying to sign him at the same time as Bellator were trying to sign him because he was a CFFC champion, which is like where Felder came from. Eddie, I think Eddie Alvarez fought for him before. No, probably not, actually. But anyway, all the Philly guys, Sean Brady, these dudes. Um, and he knew he was a striker, but I think James kind of saw it as like, I'm going to silence all these people who say I can't strike and he was working so exclusively with boxing if you go and watch that fight he's coming out trying to strike which is never yeah. what James does yeah James throwing lots of hands puts a guy against the fence and takes him down and submits them like and I, I just think that was just a, a more of a game plan issue than oh James James isn't a good striker like Bandeas is an outrageous striker he, he knocked out Franz Malambo as well like Malambo is mm -hmm. an unbelievable yeah. unbelievable striker you know he was he was giving Conor McGregor the best rounds in, in 2015 before he fought Mendez like Franz who was the, the world champion amateur at the time hmm. so I don't think it's I just the thing that pissed me off with the Bandea situation is why did Bellator get rid of him I have like, no he, idea terrible idea he's a great fighter he was a really great fighter and you have this revenge plot there for Gallagher Gallagher is your you know he's one of the, the big names 
in, mm. in Bellator. He's selling out shows. They don't do that in London. They don't do that in Birmingham. Mm. They don't do that in Newcastle. They do it in Ireland because of James. So I just never really understood that. So um, yeah, that, that's one thing I think about the Bandeas fight. Like, how different would it have been if we had seen him go out and, and try to impose his 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 usual plan A against Bandeas? Right, Bats, yeah. I'll stare that chip there. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if you'll ever find out. But also, uh, talking some shit tonight, I'm like, boy, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> just, no, no, every time I talk, I say something, I just stop and he's all just like, oh, that's, that no, that's what you're here for. Also, Kieran Clark, Danny Neal, and Derek Kelly, and Stephen Costa are fun on the card as well. Uh, before we wrap things up, lads, what is there any fight you are in particular looking forward to from Bellator this Friday, uh, bar the main and co main event? Uh, Ross, you first. Oh, Andy, no, go on. Look, you're going to uh, jump in there. Go on, Andy. No, 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 Andy, guess first. No, I, I'm very interested to see uh, how Pedro Carvalho rebounds, to be honest. Like, this this is a guy who came over 5-3 and three, uh, in his MMA career, moved to Ireland, won a cage legacy title, had this amazing run, got to the Benator, uh lightweight title shot, and then he gets knocked out, and then back-to-back, he gets knocked out then again by JJ Wilson. Like this is a massive moment for him. He, I, I spoke to him earlier today, and he, he told me basically. Where can we catch that now, Andy? Uh, at severemma.com. Um, but he he spoke to me earlier on, and he, he basically told me that it was the worst year of his life um, last year, and that how he's really really struggled with the losses, and how he's really really struggled with that whole that whole time uh, following on from the the Patricio Pitbull fight, and then on to the JJ Wilson loss. So he, like, I'm very very impressed with the way he. On one hand, I'm very impressed, and in another way, I'm very afraid of his approach because this guy just takes on all comers, and he, he's he's constantly putting himself, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire type situation where you know you've you have to get knocked out in the first round by Patricio Pitbull, and then you're taking on um, an undefeated up and coming prospect, and then now he's taking on a lad who's a 53 fight veteran in you know former title challenger Daniel Vigil. So this is a huge fight for him. Um, and it's really going to, it's kind of make or break at this point because, you know, he loses this, it's, it's three losses in a row. And we've seen uh, Bellator get rid of a lot of SPG guys and, and Irish guys recently. I know there's still 11, 11 of them on the card, but they have cut ties with the, with another also. So, um, and he's so young, he's only 26. Like, he, you look at him, he looks about 40. But, like, uh, okay, that's I, 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 I do think the uh, narrative of SPG fighters getting the favorable matchups are gone on this Bellator Dublin card anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. PZ, what about yourself? Any fight in particular you're looking forward to? I think Danny Nealon deserves a lot of credit. Um, and look, the, the SBG, there definitely is, like, there definitely was a thing where SBG fighters were getting, you know, a lot of SBG fighters were getting gimmies in these early Bellator fights, but you're dead right. These these two fights at the top of the card particularly are unbelievable. But Danny Nealon's always been fighting above her grade. Like, in terms of when you looked at it on paper, she was always taking on people with more experience, winning records, and now she's four and oh, and I think she's brilliant. I think she's a brilliant fighter. And like even speaking to Andy Ryan, I was at uh, Cage Legacy. He's like, when she's coaching for Emma and, and things like that, when they go to the IMAPs, he says she's unbelievable. She She's like a superstar, right? In terms of you're a kid, you're a young girl starting off in MMA. You're looking at people like Danny. You're looking at Leah. You're looking at Sinead. And for her to go out of her own way and take all this time with these kids is just a great thing to see. I think she's a brilliant fighter, and I'm always looking forward to seeing her. And again, strength of schedule. She's four and zero. She's taking on a seven and five fighter. Like that's a big ask that early on in your career. Like that's a lot of fights, a lot of experience she's going in against. So really looking forward to seeing her. I think I think people need to rave about her a bit more. To be honest, yeah, agreed. Ross, what, what fight are you looking forward to seeing? 
Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing Derek Kelly fight. Um, he imposes such pressure on his opponents, but he did in the amateur scene. Uh, it's very rare for someone to make uh, you know, their professional debut on such a big stage. I'm really looking forward to see how does he do under the bright lights on the big stage. See how he gets on. He was ranked number one amateur lightweight and featherweight in the UK and Ireland. So let's see how he gets on over in Bellator. Um, I think he should get the win, but let's see how he does. Uh, I think it's an interesting prospect. So that's that's my pick. Isn't it great to see world kickboxing champion Ilias Boulayed actually matched with someone who has fought in MMA before? I think that's an amazing step. It's, it's a love. Um, amazing. The last two times. Get it. One of the fights had to be pulled by the commission. Like It was that ridiculous. This guy's like 170 fights in kickboxing, and they were putting him in against me like... It was <laughs> in fairness, beat the last time he fought in Dublin, and we were at a. His brother was there, and his brother started telling me like he, he's the best fighter in the world, and I was like, "Do you know who he's actually fighting against?" <laughs> his brother's a bit of a lunatic, and it, he actually would not leave his lone ball. Oh, he's a legend! He's a legend. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're yeah. going to see him fight night, mate. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully, he's probably watching he's like, this now. <laughs> he's the one who hit the, what, the dislike button, but, <laughs> but uh, and I also like, you. I think he was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> this this was actually a really good this was a great, really enjoyable episode and also I want to give a shout out to Snake having a point for the world title against Cyborg boop, boop. next week as well so I actually kind of wait to see that I'm sure everyone else can't as well but like that sort of wraps the whole show up we brought an hour so like at least everyone has the, the week to tune in check it out and enjoy um, before we wrap things up Andy we're going to give you we'll give you the, the, a few words P to yourself Ross believe you uh, last but i just i just wanted to give uh, one more shout out as well to kieran clark like that kieran clark is kind of as pete was saying about danny neil i think all all of those points can be made about kieran clark as well this is a guy that travels an hour and a half uh or three hours every single day to get from drahada to svg ireland and he's done so for years since he was a teenager um you know he he had a very spotty amateur record where he had you know almost as many losses as wins and since going pro he's just looked so well-rounded like everything is airtight if you looked at listen his his first fight was a, um, a post-slim fight against George Courtney and he just was he looked so methodical and clean he had that recent win over John and Doy on his comeback and you know PT I don't PT be able to tell you much more about him than I would but like, he was highly touted in the, the Conor McGregor cage warriors Conor McGregor cage warriors era so I, I just think he's he's one to watch like he's not the flashiest fighter but he's just he's gritty he's tough and he's just winning um, emphatically well not emphatically but you know he's He's dominating in his fights thus far, so one to keep an eye on. Yeah, he's brilliant. He, and he's a huge fan base in Drada. I've seen him fight in Drada yeah. before, and it was fucking wild. It was mental. Like, it was yeah, proper regional was. MMA shit where you're like, I might die here. These people are getting way too excited about this kid. And he's been hyped since he's a very young teenager, you know? There's same kind of, you know, we'd already had Gallagher at that stage, but Clark was being talked about in the same regard. Like, this guy is going to be unbelievable. And he was so young fighting amateur, you know? So, yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. I'm just, I just can't wait for you to stay, stay energized. I'm getting excited. <laughs> it, 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 it is um, going to be an epic card. Also, shout out to Stephen Costello, who was also on the card. And then shout out to Takamandu, who's going over to Africa to fight woo, EFC woo, woo. 90. Um, I think Eno Neal broke the news on that. So shout out to Eno. Yeah. All right. Uh, Andy, you can take the floor, but let the people know what the crack is with you. Where can, where can we all get you? St- do I get to say it? Yeah, you yeah but whatever you want to fight, run audio as well. Like. Stay energized. No, no, no tell yeah. people to check the other yeah. <laughs> Tell people, tell people where to find you. You can, <laughs> Epic. Okay. You can find me. We're really jealous that he got to say it, though. Can we all say in unison at the end? Yeah, we will, Pete. Andy Stevens and MMA on Instagram, whatever. Yeah. 
Don't find okay. him. We'll tag him. We'll tag him. PT, tell, tell the people where to check you out. You can check me out in Blanchardstown every day. Every day I'm here. But on online, at PT Carroll, P-E-T-E-S-Y. The Americans are having real trouble with that fucking name. Yeah. It's P-E-T-S-E-Y. E is at the end and stuff. Come on. It's easy. Jesus Christ. Okay. Ross. So, guys, um, if you have enjoyed the show, which I'm sure you have, four absolute stellar performances here from the lads, myself included. Um, if you have enjoyed it, make sure to give it a like. Make sure to share. Make sure to leave a comment below telling you who was your favorite of the four panelists tonight. And as always, stay, stay in Yes! Energize show up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you've done some interviews with Dylan Moran and that I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.